Hello again, everyone. Welcome to a special sponsored episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Solovich, part of the team at Cherokee Media Group and senior editor of AutoFin Journal and Subprime Auto Finance News. For this special sponsored episode of the podcast, please to welcome back Bryce Engler, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Trade Pending, which provides vehicle valuation and merchandising software solutions to dealerships. Bryce, it's great to have you back on the podcast. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Nick. It's great to be back. Thanks for uh, continuing to, uh, to do what you do. Well, thank you. Thank you. Definitely looking forward to, to our conversation here, which is, is happening as the the fourth quarter of the year is is already in full swing. It's it's amazing to say, to to make that statement how how quickly the year has gone by. And in light of where we are on the calendar, Bryce, uh, we'll start on the on the vehicle valuation side of of the equation. Just what is what is trade pending seeing uh, within its data that that's happening with with used car evaluations? What's kind of your lay of the land? Well, it is a crazy topic, and uh, we should talk every month for the latest update because it, it certainly is a changing environment. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take uh, long for dealers to understand, you know, reports not only from the industry, but what they're seeing on their own lot and from their own consumers. Uh, so, you know, we are trusted by thousands of dealers to, uh, you know, put technology on their website that helps you know, drive trade-in conversations, vehicle sourcing. It's the primary source of vehicles for dealerships, consumer-owned trade-ins. It's really important for our customers to understand, you know, are they partnered with someone who, who is keeping up with, with the market and understands what's going on, at, you know, really today at a zip code level. You know, markets are changing uh, incredibly differently across the country. And, and that, that's, that's always been the fact. So, it's tough to zero in. I'll try to, you know, be generic and then give you some real specific examples. But as far as pricing, I think if you look back over the last year, uh, we saw a few things. You know, one, uh, we saw a high point for prices in February and January earlier this year of 22. Since that high point, uh, we've seen more or less prices about flat. We've seen supply increased and we've seen demand decrease. So it's an interesting kind of, uh, you know, combination of, of really normal market forces. You know, when, when supply does go up and demand goes down, usually prices go down, but we're not quite seeing that substantially in our data. We've seen, you know, some vehicle types increase, certainly uh, the Hondas and the Subarus uh, of the world and some vehicle types think, you know, you know, you know, truck manufacturers, the Chevys, the Jeeps of the world that have, that have seen you know, some significant, uh, you know, uh, used price decreases. So a lot of forces, of course, coming into play. But, you know, overall, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're seeing prices hold to down. And, and I, I would anticipate over the next three months, you know, we're going to see more dealers correcting prices that may have been driven from vehicle acquisitions three months ago uh, or mm -hmm. even two months ago. And as those vehicles age, we're going to get back to the basics, right? Which is uh, uh, moving those vehicles, you know, based on a primary lever, which really is making them more affordable uh, for the consumers. 
For sure, for sure. And as, as you um, mentioned from, from the outset, it really is has been a month to month swing in, in how those valuations are, are moving. Again, as you referenced, what, what do you what do you and the team at Trade Pending see is, is driving the changes almost on a month to month basis on those valuations? What what kind of ingredients uh, are, are you all watching closest to, to keep track? Things. Yep. So, so there's the non-proprietary macroeconomic stuff that we can all cite, right? And uh, you know, with with supply up, and you know, I think also new supply chains returning back to normal. You know, we're, we're and interest rates rising. You know, the the inflation environment, you know, is 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 really quite clear. Depending on who you want to talk to, are we in a recession or not in a recession? I think by the real definition, we're not in a recession. But man, if you watch the news, we've been in in recession for a few months. So uh, I think that's uh, one of those, you know, if you say it enough times, you're going to make it happen. Uh, <laughs> circumstances. From a macro perspective, you know, uh, you know, we, we see all the typical things, but here, here's, here's what's interesting from a proprietary, you know, perspective, uh, we can measure across, you know, literally thousands of our dealer customer websites, engagement and, and that really important call to action, which is value your trade. And so, you know, that is a really good signal of demand. And we saw through COVID, the increase in engagement for our call to action increase uh, substantially. Went from, you know, conversion rate that was still leading in the industry of, I think, 0.7-ish or something like that, but increased, you know, nearly 25, 30%. Some customers, you know, were seeing, you know, literally just just overnight, you know, huge amounts of, of trade in vehicles. As consumers were hearing, hey, your car's worth more. Hey, you know, now's the time to, to trade. But of course, they had sure. trying to find that, that next vehicle. So that peaked, uh, that, that measure that we can, uh, on engagement for us in November of 21, which was a leading variable to then the supply peak in January, February of 22. Mm-hmm. And so since that peak, we've seen engagement, just people clicking on that call to action decline, just about 20%, high teens, but I'll say 20%. So it's returning to normal, I would say, from an engagement perspective. And that, that, that's a lot about consumer sentiment and what they're hearing and, uh, and then how they're behaving on our dealer partner websites. For sure. And, and in light of, of all of those uh, elements in play, perhaps stemming from, from what you've heard from your uh, dealership clients, how, how are these market fu- fluctuations uh, impacting dealers, do you think, and 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 how they're uh, thinking about valuing cars and and managing their consumer expectations? Kind of as the years gone along, what what have you heard from from the from the rooftops and the blacktops about about what's happening out there? Dealers are smart, you know. They see the writing on the wall and they want to get ahead of whatever trends may be out there. The summer, you know, we were kind of seeing the the tide slack. Yeah, uh, and certainly second quarter, uh, we'd call it a slack tide. Whether it's supply or pricing or demand, uh, you know, it was it was starting to to, to trend the other way. Especially if you looked at um, you know month over month over month over month. And so we had a lot of customers reaching out to us, you know, uh, asking us to remind them what can we do, you know, about how we're setting expectations with consumers and the price of cars. So our first line of defense is always educating them on our valuation methodology, which is unique. We'll talk about that, I, I think, a little bit later, and. And more, more importantly, you know, uh, reminded them that they have control 
you know, over uh, how they approach the market. And so, you know, not only on a regional basis, but on a dealership by dealership basis, if someone called us and wanted to uh, approach it with more conservatism because they were seeing vehicles aging, they recognized they probably overpaid for vehicles 60 days ago and needed to adjust that expectation and start building uh, in a little bit of pad for them as, as, as the vehicles age, we were able to respond. And that, that's a unique relationship that we have with our dealers. And, and I think it you know, came out of their intuition that, hey, the, the, the good times have been good, right? Uh, yeah, but we want to prepare for this recessionary you know, challenge that, 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 that could be uh, you know, looming. And so I think the smart dealers are partnered with the smart vendors uh, to help accommodate what their goals are. Again, the, the voice you're hearing on this special sponsored episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast is Bryce Engler, who is the CEO of Trade Pending, which provides vehicle valuation and merchandising software solutions for dealerships. And we're, we've started out our, our conversation here, touching on the, the valuation side of the equation, Bryce. And and as you just referenced, um, what is Trade Pending's approach to value, valuating, uh, valuing uh, used cars, and, and why does that matter? Great question, and it's one of my favorite topics. <laughs> Certainly, when uh, you know customers learn about the tools that we provide, you know they can see themselves just on you know, the, the lift and engagement and conversion, and ultimately leads and opportunities you know that are created for the customers. But really, it's backed by, you know, I think, you know, the most modern valuation methodology in our industry. So a few facts, you know, um, uh, entering the market in 2014, one of our motivating factors was, you know, really to move on from, you know, aged, you know, book value approaches that, frankly, no dealers that I knew when I entered the market in 2006, you know, even used at that time. You know, one of my business partners, he was a retailer in the late 90s. I just aged him. He's still 39. But uh he would tell you, you know, how did he price cars back then? Well, he looked in the paper and he looked at what other folks were, were, were pricing their vehicles at and tried to use that retail information, you know, to, to drive his vehicle acquisition strategy and ultimately what he was willing to pay for vehicles. So, number one, we are zip code centric, you know, and that that is uh, still a primary differentiator for us. I love telling all of our competition how to, how, to, how to do better. But by that, I mean, you know, we are. Uh, looking at comparable vehicles in a dealership's market as close as 25 miles in radius from their zip code. Oftentimes, we have to expand out to that, maybe 100 miles, you know, but uh, we're looking at micro markets and movements and pricing for vehicles, um, you know, across the country. You know, Atlanta is a very different car market than Miami, and our valuation methodology accommodates that. So starting from that, you know, we look at the retail units uh, that are listed by other dealerships. These are comps, right? These are just like the houses listed down your street and not looking at the street three, uh, three miles away. Uh, your neighborhood's different than that neighborhood. And that's exactly how we look at it, you know, which is to say, let's look at the best comps we can to establish a trend, you know, in valuation versus mileage. And from there, you know, we understand how a retailer can compete in today's market literally updated every day, and therefore reduce the acquisition price by the known investments they're going to make in a vehicle, whether it's reconditioning or advertising based on the days the vehicle is likely going to be in the market. We're creating, you know, in the end, gross margin, right? And those calculations are done quickly, fast. They're all, all the data is, you know, you know, they're transparently for a consumer to understand and for a dealer to rationalize 
what's going on in, in the market. So those reduction variables, uh, you know, we hold very, very, very dear, uh, try to keep up with them to make sure we're representing, you know, the, uh, the most market facts. But most importantly, we can actually customize those for our customers. So oftentimes we'll have a, a retailer that's across the street from CarMax. He's got a different challenge than a rural dealer that, uh, you know, really is able to get a swing at, at, at a lot of trade-ins uh, just by virtue of, of less competition within, you know, 50 or 100 miles. So, you know, it's those customizations that, uh, that, 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 that can really, you know, help dealers in a, in a very, uh, in a rapidly changing market like we have today. Well, in, in light of, of that strategy and, and, and that uh, technology in, in place, Bryce, uh, kind of come to a, a fork in the road to, to use that cliche. Uh, what, what would you say is, is a better approach then? Uh, uh, offering a range uh, for a trade-in or, or giving a consumer a, a single price offer? What, what do you see as the, the better way to go? We see this in our data. We see this in our offering. And the answer is both. Very, very clearly both. In the end, you've got, you know, a shopper. You know, they're investigating, you know, some information around vehicles because they're on your dealership website. And those shoppers could be high funnel, they could be low funnel. And you want to give them the choice, you know, to provide as much information as they're willing to and return to them, you know, as much information, you know, kind of in return as they've given you. So A, number one, you know, range-based approach, uh, you know, is, is freeing. It doesn't box a dealership in. It can be very quick and it allows us to only ask, you know, one question. Hey, what, what's your car? Let me, let me, you know, give you, and, and what's the mileage? You know, let me give you some market facts on that vehicle. That tees up a pretty fun conversation for a dealership because then they can do all the investigative work, to try to set that appointment. And then on the other hand, you know, a single price approach, you know, can be incredibly helpful for the dealership that has a ton of volume of not only uh, trade in leads or engagement for folks that want to raise their hand and move from that range-based experience into a, hey, why don't you answer eight, 10 more questions and we could give you, uh, you know, a more firm price uh, that's guaranteed given, you know, certain obviously uh, opportunities to inspect it and things like that. So, you know, we, we, we think that the dealer's right and, and dealers have opinion on this. We want to be able to meet uh, their expectations, you know, for, for, for both scenarios. And that does make us unique as well, by the way. We're the only company that does that. Very nice. Very nice. Our special sponsored episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast continues with Bryce Engler, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Trade Pending, which provides vehicle valuation and merchandising software solutions for dealerships. And, and Bryce, well, let's, let's move on to the, the other important part of, of trade pending's uh, business, the, the merchandising side of things. And, and as mentioned, we're, we're sharing our conversation here as, as we're certainly into the, the fourth quarter of the year. And depending on which reading or, or foot traffic or website traffic a, a store might or might not be having, and it certainly appears that Consumer demand on the retail side is at least leveling off a, a bit. Uh, certainly, interest rates are are rising. Our our friends at the Federal Reserve have have made sure of that. And and then, depending on who you ask, there is some uh, relief on, on the inventory side of things. Uh, 
how do you think dealers should be reacting to all these uh, variables when it when it comes to merchandising their vehicles? Well, I think I'm hearing a lot of dealers that 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 really are coming back to the basics, right? And by that I mean, you know, we got caught up in I think accelerating a consumer adoption path towards hesitate to even say digital retailing, you know, but but you know, expecting you know a virtual experience, you know, and many things that 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 frankly inherently, you know, they still want to touch cars, they still want to test drive it and things like that. And so in this environment, you know, I think it it, it is, you know, truly the things that drive the the core business, which is, you know, advertising cars that need to sell, don't advertise waste advertising on cars that you know are gonna 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 flip quickly. You know, driving website traffic, you know, to uh, to the right cars, obviously, and giving consumers the opportunity to to raise their hand and start a conversation uh, on the demand side for the vehicle they're going to purchase. So, you know, we're having a lot of dealers uh, coming to us with excitement for just the basics: give me leads, give me opportunities, and and give me the control, you know, to be able to marry a, a very robust engagement and conversion tool with uh, the advertising dollars that I'm probably starting to increase in the market. And then most importantly is merchandising the car. You know, now you've got supply improving. So does that make your one, whatever, Honda Accord LX, you know, unique? It doesn't actually, right? So now there, there is more competition as supply increases. And so dealers have to really get creative, you know, and understand what differentiates that vehicle from the other ones uh, in the market that they're trying to sell? We've seen huge price variation. You know, the guy that bought a car 60 days ago, they're holding on to, you know, a, a high per, uh, retail list price because, well, their acquisition price was high. And then the guy that uh, bought one two weeks ago, guess what? He has. He has few. He doesn't have that ball and chain, and so he can undercut the market substantially, turn that car quickly, and. As we've learned with uh, with our products, certainly badges, formerly known as superlatives, best name product ever. But uh, as we've seen the engagement, you know, on you know, really contextual base, what we mean by that is is how does this car compare to the market? What's the supply? How quickly is it selling? It's the other facts, you know, they're influencing markets. So dealers have to get back to the basics of merchandising incredibly well. I mean, there was a time, let's face it, Nick, where you may not need to take pictures of vehicles. We had a lot of dealers that were asking us to have our payment solution on on you know uh, vehicles that were that were in route in delivery. Well, as everything catches up, guess what? You know we're going to have to get back to the basics of control and acquisition price, reconditioning, you know, quickly getting that car to line, making sure it looks great, making sure that we're we're, we're putting the right context into how we're merchandising and selling that vehicle to really win the deal. Well, in in light of that that back to to basics approach as you've emphasized perhaps uh, to to reiterate if if you've already mentioned it what what would you say then is the the fundamental shift in in merchandising that that dealers need to embrace in in light of the the retail world as as it is at present yeah don't just tell them what you have you know tell them why they want it right <laughs> so uh that's uh, a a good, good, good car guy's mantra, right? Um, let's not focus on price and all these other things you're hearing. Let's talk about you know this 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 great asset you know that's going to fit your needs and why it's the one for you today. And uh, we try to help dealers out with that uh, every day. Again, the the voice you're hearing on this special sponsored episode 
of the Auto Remarketing Podcast is the Chief Executive Officer of Trade Pending, Bryce Engler. His operation provides vehicle valuation and merchandising software solutions for dealerships. And, and Bryce, let's, let's continue our conversation uh, about another crucial topic in, in operations, uh, inventory sourcing. What, what's still the, the number one thing you're, you're hearing from, from your customers nowadays in, in light of all the pricing and merchandising uh, trends that, that we've already touched on? Uh, when it comes to inventory sourcing, what's still the number one thing you're hearing? Number one thing, I think, is just a firm realization they have to compete with the virtual acquisition machines out there. You know, the Carvana's of the world, certainly CarMax is never going away. And so, you know, dealers recognize they can't compete at the auction lane. They don't want to compete at the auction lane, you know, and, and they have a unique opportunity because they uh, are still the only franchise sales outfits for new vehicles. But where they're sourcing is super important, you know, so so a couple of fun stats looking way back in, in, in 2000, 64% of the used vehicles retailed by dealers came from consumers. In 2010, that dipped down to, to about 57%. Today, the, that number most recently uh, uh, was 72%. So what we, what we see is if you want to retail a unit, which is the goal of every retailer, then, you know, it really does need to be married with a how are we going to engage and buy you know more consumer-owned units and compete with these other folks that otherwise are going to clean our clock. So we're hearing a lot of that from dealers and, and a lot of dealers are getting creative with the way they they source from con, uh, consumers those used vehicles. And you you mentioned a couple of those those large operations that that do have a lot of resources and infrastructure at at their disposal, but uh, who are some of the other customers who, who've built their own inventory sourcing machines? Uh, what are they doing? How are they being successful? Yep, great question. And I, I, don't, I don't think that, you know, majority of the equation is, is very prominent, you know, whether it's on a dealer's website or how they respond to leads or how they are, you know, connecting with consumers, you know, on vehicles uh, in the service department, as well as, you know, the in-market shoppers, you know, like I said, on, on, on their website. There's there's a, a couple great customers you know that have have built you know what I would say are unique machines and this is not for the faint of heart when it comes to dealerships but you know how do they have dedicated resources employees that are only assigned you know acquiring vehicles not only from their local market not only from organic leads from their websites but also from private party listing act you know you know sites and and there's always software to help that but the real successful ones that I've seen. Are, are building, you know, teams and processes within their dealership uh, to make it repeatable and, and scalable. And literally, you know, those are the folks that have had very few empty spots on their lot over the last 18 months or as the times got, got hard. They just had a very good fallback plan to ensure that they were buying, you know, in volume uh, and meet, meeting their needs, you know, um, uh, ultimately. And they, they, they had a big payoff over the last 18 months of record gross profit for sure. Closing moments here on this episode of the of this special sponsored episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast featuring Bryce Engler, the CEO of Trade Pending, vehicle valuation and merchandising software solutions provider for dealerships. And 
And Bryce, we've covered so much great territory when it comes to vehicle valuations and, and merchandising and, and inventory acquisition. So let, let, let's round out with a with a, a, a an update on, on, on the company itself, as listeners may or may not know. Uh, trade pending acquired auto APR earlier this year. Uh, if you could, what's the the update on on the that process of blending uh, auto APR into the the company family? What what have you learned since the acquisitions closed, uh, and and what might be next for for this part of the business? Absolutely, no good 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 question. So uh, that auto APR was founded by a brilliant team, great founder, incredible tech, very passionate you know team that 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 reached you know pretty impressive levels over the uh, first five years of its life. And I think, you know, we saw kind of a mutual opportunity to be able to, you know, improve the distribution and and really marry it, you know, uh, with our tech in a pretty seamless fashion. So here we are five months later, maybe almost six months later now. And, and, and we've seen a few, you know, incredibly valuable things for our dealer clients. One, we rationalized our product portfolio. And so not only just changing the names of products uh, to, to speak to what they do, uh, trade, offer badges, payments, uh, but also we're going through a process of kind of, you know, updating look and feel, you know, for all of our products, creating a real seamless, you know, view that, that integrates organically with the website, ensures, you know, optimal engagement and starts conversations. So, you know, the, the short of it is uh, we, we've seen massive growth, you know, not only from our, uh, because of a great product, but because of our, our great sales team. And uh, thanks to our, our our very loyal customer base at Trade Penning, I think they trust us to try something new out. And this payment solution is, is incredibly ideal for today's time. Uh, interest rates are going up, payments are going up, prices are staying up. And so guess what a lot of people are asking, you know, when they, when they start thinking about uh, uh, research in a car, what's the payment going to be? So engagement's off the charts. You know, we're having a lot of customers seeing results in just a matter of weeks. And, um, uh, you know, that just bodes well for, for, for our, our ongoing strategy to find great bolt-on opportunities for companies that have built great tech, good solutions, loyal customer base, but maybe they just haven't, uh, you know, had the opportunity to invest in, you know, large, scalable sales team. And that's, that's where we come in to help. So we're hungry for more opportunities. And I hope uh, I hope we hit Cherokee Media's press, uh, you know, multiple times in the coming <laughs> years with, with new announcements. Well, that sounds great. That sounds great. That's Bryce Engler, Chief Executive Officer of Trade Pending, here on this special sponsored episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast. Bryce, it's been a great conversation, a lot of great information about not only the the overall market but what's happening at Trade Pending. Bryce, thanks to you again for for the conversation. Thank you, Nick. Always enjoy it. Thanks to your listeners for for hanging out with us. Absolutely. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes of the Auto Remarketing Podcast, just go to our website, autoremarketing.com, and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes. For fellow hosts, Bill Sedites and Joe Overby, as well as our fantastic executive producer, Matt Rice. I'm Nick Zulovich. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast.